The Charlotte Hornets play the Indiana Pacers tonight. And could LaMelo Ball be developing a rivalry with a single player? We'll discuss that today on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free and available anywhere you get your pods. That includes YouTube. I'm Walker Mayo. You can find me on WFNZ, where you can listen to Hornets games, as well as Wesson Walker from 12 to 3. He's Doug Branson. You can catch more of his work on his Substack, Every Hornets Box Score, at everyhornetsboxscore.com. I'm going to be writing about the Indiana Pacers and the Charlotte Hornets box score tonight, where Indiana coming in playing pretty well, Doug, especially given what their expectations were. Now, this was a team people kind of had tanking at some point, but it was all predicated really on trading Miles Turner and Buddy Heald for assets as the Indiana Pacers start to figure out how to move along going forward. But that's a mid-market team that never tanks. Their owner absolutely hates it, wants to get as many butts in the seats as possible. And to their credit, they found the formula, for the most part, on how to avoid tanking and be very much so a respectable franchise. Getting to the conference finals in different iterations of different bases that they've had. It's been it's been a really impressive last, what, two decades for that team. And they might be doing that again because... Here they have Tyrese Halliburton. They traded Sabonis for Tyrese Halliburton, and people were kind of shocked that the Kings were ready to get rid of the rookie that was the only one that was competing with LaMelo Ball at the time, even though it was kind of a faux competition. LaMelo was winning every Rookie of the Month award, but Tyrese was always pretty impressive. He was definitely the best Western Conference rookie. Then you had the late rise from Anthony Edwards. We all fell in love with him his sophomore season, but now it's Tyrese again doing so many awesome things with Indiana. And, of course, Ben Matherin. The guy's been an absolute stud. He's playing like 30 minutes a game. He's averaging close to 20 points, and he's only played 12 NBA games in his career. He's insane to have Tyrese and Ben Matherin on your team. It's nice. It's a nice foundation, and and you'd like to have that alongside LaMelo here, right? You want LaMelo. He can be your Tyrese and better, of course, in our situation. And then you wanted your Ben Matherin. You didn't have the sixth overall pick, to be fair, but you still haven't found that guy. I, I feel like the Indiana Pacers and Charlotte Hornets won because I've got love for Indiana, was born there. But it's your favorite team. I just, no, it's not. You need to stop it. But with you have these teams together, I always feel like the comparison is, is interesting. You, you kind of look at Indiana as a blueprint for how a mid market can stay afloat and be successful. <laughs> even if they don't win a championship and the Hornets, they haven't won the playoff series since 2001, right? Like we know this, it'll be interesting. And, you know, look, Indiana, they've performed a lot better than expectations. Hornets, not so much after a three and three start. Uh, yeah, I mean, you go out and you do stuff in the offseason. You make trades. Uh, you know, that's how you you improve your team. You put. You did put they make a trade this offseason? I don't. I think they did. Yeah, they did yeah, in you put, season. Yeah, you put roster. You put roster pieces with other roster pieces. I think that's that's okay. the point I'm making here. And uh, <laughs> I know, know they, I know it is. <laughs> yes, I am well aware of that point. <laughs> I'm saying the Hornets should have made some trades. Should have made some moves <laughs> in the offseason, including for one of the players they'll face up against tonight, Miles Turner, who's uh, got a double double 
double in November right now, 21 and 10. He's uh, playing uh, like you would expect Miles Turner to play. So, yeah, and, and you pair that with some veteran experience off the bench with T.J. McConnell. You pair that with a coach, uh, Rick Carlisle, who has championship-level experience. You know, you mix all those ingredients together, and you have a team that's competing right now. They got off to a little a rough start. Uh, defensively, they weren't playing very well, but they seem to be getting a bit more organized. Uh, they're playing offense on a level uh, that we saw from the Hornets last season when they had their full deck of cards for the most part. Uh, but the offense has since uh, tanked with with so many injuries. Uh, but yeah, it, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what the trajectory of these two franchises, if if the Hornets can rebound, but or could rebound from all of these injuries and start to compete again. Uh, but they're so far behind the eight ball at this point. I mean, four and eleven. It's going to be tough to climb yeah. out of that hole. Well, and speaking of trajectories, you're kind of looking at that with LaMelo and Tyrese Halliburton. So we've discussed whether the injury might keep LaMelo out of the All-Star game. Tyrese is someone you have to pay attention to now as he's come over from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference and performed very well, averaging a double-double right now, I believe, averaging 20 and 10 as he comes into this game. I, I kind of wonder if you feel like Tyrese is the real player rivalry with LaMelo Ball, because Anthony Edwards has always been tabbed to that guy. He was the number one overall pick. Then James Wiseman was two, not doing anything right now. And then Tyrese Halliburton was the one that everybody fell in love with. He kind of fell back, though, in the NBA draft, but was awesome immediately. And and now, you're, you know, they're both in the same conference. They're both with mid-market teams. You know, they both kind of have a similar style, right? Like Tyrese is is an excellent, excellent passer. If you look at what mm-hmm. he's averaging right now on the season, exactly. He's averaging trying to 10, assist, 10, 10 plus assists. Yeah. Leading the league, by the way. Tyrese is leading the league in assists, something that we yeah, thought would be reserved for a LaMelo ball. So do you feel like there's always going to be a comparison between these two and then Anthony Edwards somewhere in there as well in that trio? Oh, for sure. And I mean, Anthony Edwards right now getting a little bit frustrated with his role since uh, Rudy Gobert came over to the Timberwolves. So that that situation could go south pretty quickly. Tyrese seems to be flourishing. Um, and, you know, I, I think LaMelo had him definitely had him beat in the sophomore season battle. Uh, but Tyrese new situation is is saying, all right, I've got, you know, a, f- a fresh start here in this season and, and I'm going to make it count. And, you know, I think you forgot a couple other players, too, that I think LaMelo has been at least, you know, advertised as a rivalry with, and that's Trey Young and his brother, Lonzo Ball. Now, Lonzo has the injury, so I think that rivalry is going to be uh, sort of on, you know, put on ice for a little while. But, you know, Trey Young, they've had a couple of battles, but neither is really, they haven't had that like epic battle one on one against yeah. each other. It's like one player plays poorly or the other player plays poorly. Now, Atlanta, you know, obviously got the Hornets in that play-in game, and so advantage Trey Young for sure. But yeah, I think this could definitely be an exciting matchup between these two. Now, you know, LaMelo has played well against the Pacers uh, historically, so, you know, if Tyrese can can play well against the Hornets and and stop what LaMelo is trying to do, you know, go, go a long way to giving him a leg up in this rivalry. Well, and, and I was just talking about players from that draft specifically, but you're right. Trey Young is somebody because, one, he plays in Atlanta, uh, something of a rival as a team to the Charlotte Hornets, if there exists such a thing. And you certainly uh, have those point guards. Um, it would be a lot. It would be exciting if they played some meaningful games, maybe a playoff series at some point. 
in our existence, that would be a lot of fun. You, you're right, by the way. Lamelo just destroys Indiana, 28 points, 10 and a half rebounds, over nine assists. This is he's also had big moments. We can remember the season debut last year where they were down 20. Lamelo goes in fuego and then comes back and helps the Hornets win. He's been awesome against the Indiana Pacers. The efficiency is off the charts too, almost 60 percent from three, and he shoots a decent amount. Yeah, Lamelo just kills the Indiana Pacers. And Ty, you know, Tyrese last season was a little bit more of an efficient player, uh, 47% from the field to 43% for LaMelo, and then um, effective field goal percentage 56 for Tyrese, 46 for LaMelo, or I'm sorry, 51 for LaMelo Ball. Uh, but the, the total production, you know, went to LaMelo, especially rebounding. You know, that's something that LaMelo gives you that Tyrese doesn't. Tyrese actually did average slightly more assists than LaMelo in that sophomore season. So, yeah, but, I mean, they line up. They line up pretty neatly, and and they'll get a few opportunities to go one on one against each other. Although I don't know, you know, in this one, uh, whether or not Steve Clifford is going to put Lamelo directly on Tyrese. I, I'm gonna bet that that matchup's gonna go to Terry, and they'll put Lamelo on Nemhard, whoever they decide to start at shooting guard. All right, let's continue to talk about this matchup coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. We can talk a little bit more about the injury report, how that will affect the Hornets, take a deeper look into the Indiana Pacers roster and a certain center that is playing pretty well for the Charlotte Hornets right now. All that coming up on Lockdown Hornets. This episode is brought to you by Turo. It's the world's largest car sharing marketplace. And with Turo, you can book any car you want, wherever you want it, from a community of local hosts. You can browse a huge selection of vehicles for just about any occasion, and you can do that for any budget as well. It's across the U.S., the U.K., Canada, and coming soon to Australia, by the way, if you're listening down under. Book a spacious SUV or minivan for a family road trip. You can get a classic or luxury car for a special event, a birthday or a holiday even. Find affordable economy cars if you're on a budget and just need to get from A to B. You can test drive that new electric vehicle you've had your eye on to see how it fits in your everyday life. Mini Turo hosts can even deliver the car right to you. Every trip is backed by liability insurance. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Forget boring rental cars and find your drive at Turo.com. This episode is also brought to you by Built Bar. You know, look, can we just pause for a second? Because Built Bars are amazing. And I want you guys to try what these built Bars all are, are all about. We've been talking about them for years now. I don't care what flavor you get. Cookie dough topper, coconut brownie bar. I did not realize I would love the intersection of chocolate and coconut, but I do. It's fantastic. White chocolate, peppermint, granola. If you're feeling a little festive, it's Built's take on the granola bar. So it's more filling and still insanely tasty. Candy cane brownie puff, built puffs. There's so many good flavors. First off, for anyone who hasn't tried built bars before, they're literally the best tasting bars ever built. If you get that, they're revolutionizing nutrition as we know it with 100% real chocolate, 17 grams of protein, and shockingly low sugar and calories, only 130. Just sink your teeth into that first bite. It'll change your life. I'm not kidding. There will be a time before you tried these new built bars and a time that you had the built bars after that. And the magical, wonderful time afterwards, you're probably wondering which uh, new flavors might be your favorite. I've got a ton of different favorites, and I can't wait to hear yours. So built bar, go try it. Get 15% off your order right now by using the code LOCKEDON15 at built.com. More Hornets and Pacers talk coming up next. Locked on Hornets. 
You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Thoughts on the news about Cody Zeller's injury? That's a tough one, man. I mean, what the f- Dude. He's just injured, man. It's, it's okay. okay. It's look, just, you know, he's injuries just having to deal happen. With an injury. He didn't want <laughs> to get injured, okay, David? But, but uh, sorry, guys. I just had someone jump out in front of my vehicle. That's uh, that was unforeseen. Only on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. Make your next one Locked On Sports today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insight only Locked On can provide. The injury report coming into tonight's game as it stands right now. You still have Gordon Hayward out. Cody Martin is continuing to miss some time, and he will be for a long time, four to six weeks, as reported earlier this week. Um, Dennis Smith Jr. is doubtful. I would imagine that he's going to be downgraded to out fully in this one. And Dennis Smith Jr., that's the one that hurts because you want it, and Gordon does too, but Dennis Smith Jr., that was it was the Miami game. He's, I think, jumping up for a pass, comes down on his ankle tough and and i'm glad that that's not more serious although it might be who knows um but dennis smith jr going out as soon as Lamelo comes in really wanted to see those guys play in the backcourt with one another and yet that's yet to be seen i i, I hope that dennis smith jr doesn't have any rust that he needs to knock off that he doesn't miss as much time right and so when he comes back He's trying to get up to speed now that LaMelo's already gone up to speed and we just have to wait longer and longer to see what the true value of that backcourt pairing could be. So hopefully he can get back sooner here, Doug. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, this is going to be a a matchup that is about the guards. Uh, And I'm just curious how Clifford is going to use DSJ with LaMelo back in the lineup, like how that all shakes out. And so we have to wait a little bit longer uh, to get the answer on that. But yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's, um, you know, he's, he's been one of their best defensive players this season. Gets them out into transition, gets them moving. Uh, and this, <laughs> this is going to be an important game where they're going to have to get moving both offensively and defensively because the Pacers love to play fast. They love to score. You've got to pay attention and transition at all times. Um, every player has to focus on getting back. Uh, so, you know, this this would be one where they would definitely value DSJ's uh, services. Um, but this is also going to be about Miles Turner. I mean, he's playing super well. Um, he is uh, a high-usage player for uh, the Indiana Pacers. And, you know, when we're talking about Tyrese Halliburton, like he has some built-in advantages in that he has this, like, amazing pick-and-roll player that he can play with in Miles Turner, whose uh, points per shot attempt this season is 130.2. Uh, which is you know top near the top of the league for for a big, um, just a just a potent scorer that Lamelo just simply doesn't have when he runs the pick and roll. He's got Mason Plumlee and he's got Nick Richards. Like you'd you'd love to sub that out for Miles Turner, who is in a lot of trade you know rumors for a long yeah. time with this organization. And they never uh, pulled the trigger for whatever reason. Well, and yeah, and we can, I'm sure we can explore that at some point closer to the trade deadline because we will. This is what we do. It's a tradition unlike any other that Lockdown Hornets will talk about Miles Turner and every Hornets podcast will talk about Miles Turner. Well, you but might not is, be able to anymore. That's kind of the point, yeah. right? Because instead of striking when you had the opportunity, when you felt like, oh, well, the Pacers you know, are wounded right now and they really feel like it, it seems like you have the one opportunity here for the Pacers to finally tank. And instead, you give them time 
to let Rick Carlisle, a, a brilliant coach, get in there and organize some brilliant talent and, and, and get the best out of them. And now you might not have that opportunity anymore. So it's just, yeah, it's frustrating all around. Yeah, I mean, you might not. At the same time, you might because Miles Turner. This is what he's. This is what he's done, and he. I mean, last year he got off to a really nice start too, and he was playing amazingly so. And then it really tailed off. The shooting tailed off again. He was shooting, you know, something probably close to thirty-seven percent, and then he ended up shooting thirty-three. Even though he's still a threat, I really like Miles Turner. I also don't know if Indiana is going to be a team that's able to keep this up. So I, I think there could be an opportunity, but you're right. I, this is this is a team that is not void of talent. If they find themselves having a 500 record, I don't know, 30, 40 games in, and then the trade deadline will come in. I, I don't know exactly what game mark that will come in. But yeah, I mean, your point is still true. Maybe it has already passed that opportunity. Now, you also have the, the money where it's only going got one more year left on his contract that's going to allow you not to give up as many assets well and they also have they also have rookies that are immediately contributing they have they have young talent that hasn't um taken themselves out of the league (laughs) so you know i mean that's that's definitely hurt the hornets as well as some of these recent draft picks um not not exactly panning out you even have a second rounder in in emhart who is has eclipsed Benedict Matherin, although I don't think it's, it's totally fair to say he's eclipsed him because I think it's a, it's a bit of a matchup thing. They want to have, because Matherin has played extremely well for Indiana and they want to have him on the bench. And in fact, that could be a big X factor in this game, Matherin versus the Hornets bench, um, you know, and, and, and the matchup difficulties that come along with that uh, should be, should be interesting to see again. It, you know, we saw Clifford go to the eight, man lineup in the last game against Orlando. I think he's probably going to have to extend that a little bit. JT Thor, I don't think he got a single minute against Orlando. Could see some yeah, time here. Yeah, Kai Jones did and Thor did not. Well, but again, again, I think that's – people were like, oh, well, I guess that means Thor's done. I think that was matchup. Like, he had three fouls on Mason. You had three fouls on Nick. So, yeah, you're going to go to the center position, number one. Number two – you know, Clifford has not shown that much of an interest in playing small. Like the one time he did it was against Golden State's death lineup. It worked, but it's he's just not shown a real inclination to go small because of what it does to them defensively. And when your offense is historically bad, you don't want to do anything that's going to hurt your defense or it's going to hurt your chances to win the game. So there's there's that factor, and then the final factor is that Orlando played big, and, and I'm not I'm not sure that you know Indiana can play as big as Orlando, and so I think J T Thor will have an opportunity. I, I'm putting on my more Thor president hat right now, yeah, and saying you really Thor are. has an opportunity here to get off. I mean he's on a she's on a personal schneid right now. He is he has not played well this season, but he's got an opportunity here. Isn't that weird, man? I thought Thor was going to be such a Steve Clifford type of player, and it seemed that he was kind of gassing JT Thor up before the season, and now he's just not even a part of that rotation. I did not get all of the guys I thought Steve Clifford would like right. I mean, you know, James Booknight, even as, you know, especially coming in, and people have talked about Booknight 
being a rookie, you know, some people have talked about how this is kind of his rookie season. I don't agree with that really, but even so we know that the stigma around Steve Clifford is that he doesn't play young players and he really favors some of the guys that are defensive minded. It's not James book night right now. And yet he's given James book night quite a bit of minutes and JT Thor, somebody that was some defensive minded, at least James Borrego used him in those situations. Now JT Thor isn't playing under a new Steve Clifford coach team. So I, I did not get, get some of those guys right when trying to figure out who would be Cliff guys or not. Well, and I think the misunderstanding comes from what what Clifford values. And, and I think especially early in the season, what he values is effort on both ends of the floor. And despite JT Thor and James Booknight's struggles, they've both been high-energy, high-effort players and high-activity players. So effort will with a coach like Clifford – or any really veteran coach in the league, effort is going to afford you an opportunity, but execution will afford you more opportunities, future opportunities, extended opportunities, extended minutes, and this is what you're seeing play out. You can get the opportunity, and if you do something with it, great, you keep playing, and if you don't, it looks like right now, JT Thor and James Booknight both finding their way out of the rotation for sure when some of these other veterans come back because then they're going to get the opportunity. Yeah, Booknight just four minutes in this last outing. All right, coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. Don't go to sleep on the Hornets just yet. I want to talk a little bit more about the importance of this game tonight against the Pacers, plus uh, look at a specific matchup in this game between the Pacers and the Hornets. This episode episode is brought to you by betonline.net. It's your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all on betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those on BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting fixed. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. A specific matchup I want to point out coming up next. Locked on Hornets. Is locked on Hornets. Well, I'll tell you one All thing. Right. Hornet, bees, I don't care. You're getting the can. Get away from me, buddy. Not bees, though. Save the bees, Doug. For the Hornets, like, actually, I, I don't want a live Hornet in my house. Honey bees? For a bee, I'll cut through. Because, I, look, I won't do you. If you're a carpenter bee, if you're not, if you have no, if you're not a threat. Talk about, here we go. Here we go. Go oh, back to our conversation in a second The segment. carpenters. The, the carpenter, carpenter bee has become such a low threat that I don't care about it anymore. When I'm walking by, uh, you know, a bumblebee, I'm not worried about a bumblebee. So I'm just going to ignore it. But you're talking a honeybee? Small? We'll sting you. We'll die to sting. They'll yes, die. And they will so- literally kill themselves Come in order on. to sting you. That's how There's passionate they are. So they're getting the camp. There's something here. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. There's a big stretch of road games for the Hornets here, Doug, and this game tonight against Indiana, just the lone home game in the middle of that stretch. So you had three road games in Florida, Miami, Miami, Orlando, Indiana tonight at the Spectrum Center. Then you play Cleveland in Cleveland on Friday. You play Washington in Washington on Sunday. Then you're back home a week from tonight against Philadelphia. You'll play back-to-back home games. Um, Minnesota will be the next game after 
Philly. So these are the types of games, if you're looking to be a play-in team, that you need to win. I, I still don't think this is a team that's gone all in on tanking right now. That's certainly not the case when you haven't traded Gordon Hayward yet, even with him being injured. You haven't traded Terry Rozier. They are still a team, in my opinion, looking to win, looking to try to get out of this 11-loss start that they have. So, you know, tonight is one that you need to take care of. Honestly, I think you want – if they – if you include the game against Orlando, Indiana, Washington, three of the next four, including that game against Orlando, that would be a great start. And those are the possible victories that they could have. But it's not like you can go in confident with any of these matchups. Three of four is what you're tasked with doing because of the start that you've uh, begun with. No, they struggled in the second half versus Orlando uh, to defend, to close out that game, even though they built a, a big lead and Orlando didn't have their best player who killed them in the first matchup, Paolo Banquero. Uh, this Indiana team's playing with a lot of confidence right now. It's one of the best starting units in the league. It's like positive 20s. And they've had to do a couple of different starting lineups because they've had a couple of injuries. But like their top four lineups are all positive 20, positive 20 or more. Uh, in terms of point differential. Meanwhile, the Hornets, no matter what starting unit they've thrown out there, even these two games with the Mello, uh, they haven't been able to put a starting unit out there that doesn't get blitzed. So that'll be the challenge tonight. Can you get off to a good start against a team that has a really good starting unit? I would say the odds are not in your favor, but if they do, if they come out of the first quarter up five, up six, then hey, I, all of a sudden I think they have a chance. But I think this could quickly get out of hand um, if if evidence, uh, you know, the, the suggested evidence says it's going to get out of hand pretty quickly. But the, the X factor is the mellow ball, right? Because I mentioned he loves to play the Pacers last season. 28.3 points per game, 10.5 rebounds, 9.3 assists. He almost averaged a triple-double against the Pacers and go ahead and throw 1.3 steals in there. He was 56.8% on 18.5 shots, 57.7% from three. I know the ankle is still bothering him, but hopefully just seeing the yellow and the blue and the white will just summon something inside of his body, whatever that special... Uh, you know, Clifford, Cliffordorians. Maybe it'll, it'll summon the Cliffordorians in him, and he will uh, he will excel tonight. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. I mean, Cliff Gonjin needs to get that out of Lamelo Ball as much as he possibly can. Um, speaking of someone that could be an X factor, kind of interesting when you look at this specific matchup here, Doug at the center spot, Miles Turner. Sure, better player, no doubt about it. I covet him on the Charlotte Hornets, and I have for quite some time. I would like him to be in the purple and teal. The center for the purple and teal right now is having a decent stretch of games. His name's Mason Plumley. Starting some games, last four, 14.5 points per game, 10 rebounds, four assists on 79% shooting, which is a lot even for a center, and 66.7% from the free throw their line, which is a lot for someone who shoots with the hand that he doesn't use in everyday life. How much are the starting lineups issues Mason Plumley's fault where they used to be a lot of his fault, right? Any type, anytime you'd get poor production. What do you make of his recent play so far here, Doug, and, and the matchup tonight against Miles? Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I think he's he's played really well. Um, he uh, well, I'll say he played well. I won't say really well. I think he's played well. He's moved the basketball. Um, he's uh, been able to accumulate a lot of assists. He's been a good rebounder this season. You know, really, like if you look at his stats across the board, he is just gravitating back towards the player that he was in Detroit before coming to Charlotte for that. Um, last season, which was a disaster, you know, the first season in Charlotte. But his last season in Detroit, you know, he was a versatile big. 
And uh, th- you're seeing that. I mean, you, you just uh, you just read the statistics. I mean, he's he's doing a lot of good things. He clogs the pain. He doesn't necessarily deter, you know, drives or different things like that. But I think he executes the drop defense scheme that uh, Clifford likes to go to. I think he executes it generally well when he's not fouling. Um, and you know, with with Lamelo out, he was providing them a little bit more. Uh, ball handling that was missing from the lineup, and that would go well sometimes and go very poorly other times. With Lamelo back, I think you're going to see a little bit different, uh, a little bit of a different look offensively from Mason Plumley, and hopefully a little bit better because he'll have more opportunities, uh, you know, closer at the rim where where he's more effective. Maybe some more reverse jams that we were seeing, two-handed jams that we saw last season. I don't think the starting lineup issues have been his fault. I think it's been the fault of injuries, of rhythm, of guards not shooting well. <laughs> like I don't know that, you know, I don't know it's Mason Plumley's fault that the team hasn't been able to shoot. Mason doesn't shoot threes. He's shooting a little bit better from the line. The thing is like really he's played well, but you know, you look at the other the other side of the floor tonight and Miles Turner and you go, "No, that's an impact player though." Like Mason's playing well, but he's playing well for like a back to me for like a backup center. It's not well for you know what what you would want out of your starting center position, um, particularly Clifford, who I think really does value having someone down low who can move shooters out of the lane, and that's not Mason Plumley. Yeah, well, and if you look at what's interesting to me here, Doug, is Andy Bailey, um, who has a Substack out there, and, and uh, you know, big analytics guy on on Twitter. You know, he gave you a list of every team's player ranking where they rank in catch all stats in the league. So mm-hmm. he took Raptor. He took a whole bunch of stats that are supposed to be, if you were to go to one stat, the idea is that, okay, this stat is the one that tells you just how well they've been playing in the NBA. You don't need to look mm-hmm. at everything else. So he ranked all of those catch-all stats to consider to be the one and then came out with these rankings. And Dennis Smith Jr. actually leads the team at 64th in the league. But coming in at second at number 90 in the association is Nick Richards. And Mason Plumley's at 137, so you're talking about a almost 50 spot drop there. And yet here we are. You know, Nada has been whispering a lot on Twitter. Every time he says it, he puts in whispers. That's the joke. But he also said it on this pod, and he wasn't whispering when he said Mason Plumley has been the best center on this roster the last couple of weeks. Now, but that's stats an are indictment of there. the. What I'm saying is that's no, an oh, indictment no, no. of the position. That's not. And and I, and I I'm trying to be as I'm fair. I'm not as finding. Point. Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm trying to be fair <laughs> here because Mason has played well. It's just. When you're when you're talent deficient like the Hornets are, they they need something from that spot that they're not necessarily getting in terms of impact player. It's not that's not Mason's fault. It's an indictment of where the Hornets have let that position get to. Yeah, that was not me arguing with you. <laughs> that was me pointing out something interesting from Andy Bailey. Because well, you don't have I, to argue. Yeah, I can argue yeah, with you without you arguing yes. with me. That's sort of my talent on this show. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I don't need a. I don't yeah. need a sparring partner. I can spar with you. You don't even have to throw. You don't. Have to, you don't have to be in the ring. Yeah, I mm-hmm. will fight you, and you don't even have to be in the ring. Yeah, no, that is. I'm the punching bag, and that's totally fine. You're the guy uh, who comes up and tries to give me water, and I just whammo, pam. Yeah, we weren't yeah. even fighting, but now we are. You're swinging. You're swinging, and it doesn't matter if it's at the enemy or if it's at somebody just trying to help you. Um, yeah, no, but I, that it. I, I bring it up 
purely for it being interesting because here's Mason Plumley putting together a decent stretch of games. Steve Clifford continues to go to Mason where you, you did see, I think there was a couple times where Nick Richards might've logged more minutes in these games and Mason. That's not been the case lately. We know where Clifford is going offensively. Mason has started to help you out. Um, I, I just think, I, I do think with Richards, He's sprinting the floor hard. He's getting such good positioning. We know what he's like, you know, with the offensive rebound impact that he has. And Charlotte Hornets PR just put out a stat a day ago. Per basketball reference, the Hornets have two players in the top four league-wide in field goal percentage this year. It's Nick Richards, who ranks third, and it's Mason Plumley who oh, ranks fun. fourth. Like, yeah, like, so, yeah no, he gets I, a lot of offensive rebounds right you. at the rim. It's a <laughs> lot just, of dunks. Like, of course, his I'm field goal percentage is going to be super high. I'm he's not sharing taking, information. He did, he did take one shot and knocked it down. He did He did start to extend his range out into the mid-range that one time. The one time. But yeah, I mean, Through he's dunking in basketball. He's, he's getting a lot and he'll get more opportunities because he's got LaMelo Ball now who can get him can get, get, you know throw him those pocket passes that not many point guards can throw uh and 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 take some t- attention away from the big so you know yeah I mean he's going to get those opportunities but uh, you know I think what's keeping Nick Richards from ascending to the starting spot is probably just an overall like awareness offensively and defensively to be in the correct spot. I mean, there've been many moments over the past couple of games where I've noticed Steve Clifford yelling the word, Nick, <laughs> like Nick, like, get where, like you're not where you're supposed to be hit the, you know, set a screen, whatever. Hmm. So like there have been those moments and I think that's probably why he's not starting right now, but it's really an indictment of the position because I don't think that either Mason or Nick are ready to impact the game in the way that a Miles Turner is impacting the game on a yeah. night in night out basis. Yeah, I'm not going to argue uh, really with you on any of this, but I'm also not going to argue with you on the Miles Turner points. <laughs> well, and the- I do want to I do want to say one thing. I saw a tweet by um friend of the show James Plowright from uh, All Hornets and uh he pointed out that there was a player that a lot of us, including I think both of us here on the show, were coveting in the offseason or, or thinking the Hornets should make a run at, and that was Rashawn Holmes, who ultimately re-signed with the Kings and uh, thought that could be the answer at the center position. Well, uh, meanwhile, Holmes now benched by the Kings, who have gone on a little bit of a winning streak right now. Love that beam, by the way. I don't know if you've seen that. When the Kings win, they shoot a light beam up from their fancy new arena. It's like a purple beam of light. It's probably killing birds or something. Like It's probably just disrupting nature in some way, but it doesn't matter because the Kings are winning, baby. And uh, and I wish the Hornets would do something. I don't wish they would kill birds, but I wish they would do something cool like that from the Spectrum Center, you know, something fancy when they win. They're not doing it often right now, so it would be a special event. I don't know, maybe release bees. You know, I know bee populations are down right now. Maybe they start an actual hive in the upper deck. kill birds and then steal bees and release them in the arena. No, yeah, no, not in the arena. No, 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 outside the arena. Just, Just imagine that. The Hornets win. The buzzer goes off. Bzzz. Hornets win and a swarm of bees descends on up down Charlotte. Wouldn't that be something? Maybe you paint the bees like a very bright teal. And so it's a bright teal bees swarming trade and try on. That'd be a sight to see out there. Uh, PETA is not. Anyway, what was I talking about? Rashawn Holmes. Oh, he's not playing well. So, oops. 
Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter to the bees and the animals that matter most, the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights. Only Locked On can provide Locked On Sports today, available on the apps, any apps that you get, YouTube, wherever you get your podcast. Check out Locked On Sports today. That'll do it for us. We'll be back with you tomorrow to recap Pacers Hornets. Bees, bees everywhere. 